This is The Dirty on 30, a podcast that spills the tea on everything 30s. Join your hosts, Melissa and Anna, as they dish on life, relationships, and whatever else they can think of. Hello and welcome to the very, very first episode of The Dirty on 30. I'm Anna. And I'm Melissa. And we are super excited to be starting this new podcast. We did it. We started it. Yeah. How does that feel? That feels, I mean, it's it's a little surreal still. We'll, we'll see how it feels after we actually air the first episode. Right. I totally agree. So our podcast focuses on our lives through our 30s. And we both, unfortunately, turned 30 last year in 2020. And that is the theme for our first episode here. Our first episode, we're going to talk about what was it like to turn 30 during 2020, during the pandemic. So we had so many big plans for turning 30. Like, I can't even tell you. The sky was the limit. It was our birthday year. We were going to use it as the excuse for everything. Like yes. anything we wanted to do, yes. anything we wanted to buy, anywhere we wanted to go. We were like, it's birthday year and we're here for it. Yes. Turning 30 was a big deal. And we were going to make the most of it, doing whatever, whenever, buying whatever. And things didn't exactly go as planned. No, not at all. Um, to be fair, the beginning of birthday year, the beginning of 2020, it was pretty good. We did a lot in January and February. We were feeling ourselves. We did. January and February started well. I did a few things that were really fun, and I thought that the whole year was going to be like that. I started my year going to wine tasting with two of my friends, and it was a safari wine tasting, and it was so much fun. Where was it? It was in Malibu. Was in and Mal- Lovely. And you, you were in this open car, this Jeep, uh-huh. and you were traveling around, and then you would get down, look at animals, and then have a wine sample, and it was frippin' amazing. It was really fun. I had really fun. What's your favorite kind of wine? <laughs> do you have do you I have, don't have a favorite kind of wine. You have a I'm wine a terrible <laughs> I have a I'm a terrible drinker. I'm kind of just like the let's try this until I find something that I like. It's horrible. But I do something lean, sweet. I do lean towards the dry myself. I lean towards the white wines. Yeah, no, I definitely lean towards something sweet and opposite of you, <laughs> which is what we've discovered so far. Whatever you like, I do not like. That's because she has no taste. That's not true. No we have taste. different tastes. We have different palates. That's not even true. You have the palate of like a 17-year-old <laughs> trying alcohol for the first time. That's true. Well, that's because I'm open to trying everything and I don't like everything. That's why I get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. 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 What else did I do? Um, I went to a Dustin Lynch concert, although it was like a mini concert because it was at Jimmy Kimmel Live. Nice. Um, I recently got into country or pop country, as I call she it. She very recently got into very pop country. Recently. She doesn't know any of the history. No, I don't. The old songs, the oldies and goodies. She knows none of them. None, but I, you know, whatever. I'm getting into it. I jumped on the train and I'm riding that thing. Till the end now. 
It's a good... So you saw Dustin Lynch? I did see Dustin Lynch. Was he cute? I want to say he was, but he was a little cocky. He came off as really cocky. And I just, every time I saw him, I don't know if I was like nervous because he was cute or just turned off because the way he was acting, it was ridiculous. If you want to see videos, I'll post videos on our Instagram of Dustin Lynch and that concert. But So much fun. (laughs) So much fun. So much fun. So then we both kind of ended up going to hockey games a couple of times in January and February. Like, neither of us are hockey fans. Like, nothing nothing against hockey. But neither of us describes ourselves as hockey fans, per se. Yeah, I wouldn't. I know the Anaheim Ducks because we are from here. But other than that, LA Kings. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I know there's a big rivalry. And um, I know that... It gets aggressive, and that's the fun part. That's what everyone tells me. My roommate in college was super, super into hockey. Shout out to my old roommate, Shannon. Um, But uh, her family is originally from Detroit, so she's a big Detroit Red Wings fan. So when people ask me, like, oh, do you have a hockey team? I was always like, yeah, sure, Detroit Red Wings to support Shannon (laughs) and her family. But do I really have a hockey team? No. Do no. I really have a preference between the LA Kings and the Anaheim Ducks? Not really. Mm-hmm. Either one's fun. Yeah. So the actual game was fun. Yeah, it's great to watch. It's and great to watch. I mean, I got the I got the tickets free through work. So I mean, nobody would ever turn down free tickets. Yes. Free tickets are always fun. Exactly. That was a really fun day. Okay, what else did we do? We went to that Lumberjack Beer Fest. What was it called? That thing? Oh, it was called the Lager Fest. The like loggers, loggers yes. and loggers. It was a pun. Like lumberjacks and, and lager beers. That, that was right. That was right. That was so much fun. Um, <laughs> a, because I didn't have to drive for yes. like the first time that I've ever gone to a beer tasting. I didn't have to drive afterwards. Yeah, so we've been um, to many. And then B, I mean... You can't get any better than, like, drunk watching people play with chainsaws. <laughs> chainsaws and axes. There was axe throwing, remember? Axe throwing was fun. I'm not super into loggers, though, like, as far as beer goes. Like, we go to a lot of a lot of beer tastings and things, and I'm my favorite, personally, are Belgians. I think I do go for the loggers, right? You do like yeah, the loggers. I do like yeah. the loggers, Yes. It was a good day. We dressed up in all of our, like, you know, stereotypical plaids and flannels. Yes. We were all cute. The weather was great. We were out in Santiago Canyon. Yes. Do people know where that's at? People don't know where that's at. People can Google. (laughs) We said we're now near Santiago Canyon and Anaheim. They might be able to figure it out. Right. Exactly. And then as far as life went in January and February 2020, for me, there was a lot of, like, you know, New Year's resolution, I'm going to be 30, I'm going to be healthy, I'm going to be fit, get back into the best shape of my life kind of thing. And I was rocking the New Year's resolution. I had got a gym membership. I was going every day before work. That didn't last long throughout the year. <laughs> I'm almost at the point now, you know, one year in to the pandemic almost, almost at the point now where I miss the gym, Almost. I kind of, I miss the classes. I miss the, I need someone to tell me what to do. I need that trainer there to tell me what to lift, what to 
what dance move to do. Like I do all the dance classes. I do the weightlifting classes when I used to go. And that's what I do. Or I just go on the elliptical, which is like my second favorite thing to do. Right. And we don't have that machinery here at home. I don't have the, I can just get on this and and bust it out for 45 minutes and then be done. It's not the same to go running. Running is like the worst of all the exercises. Yes. Running is the worst. And I was also really, really busy studying at the beginning of the year. It was going to be a good year for me work-life-wise. I was I was just promoted to project manager. I was, I was studying for a big licensing exam that happened March 10th. Like, it was going to be a good 30th birthday year. We had everything in line. We had our social lives in line. We had our work lives in line. We had everything planned. We were going to go on vacation. And then, you know, things just kind of went a little iffy. Yep. So Anna here, Anna actually <laughs> turns 31st. Her birthday yes. was March 9th. Yes. Which was before the official shutdowns yes, started here in slightly, California. Slightly just, before. Just like one week before. Yes. So she got some real birthday celebrations in, just a couple. I did. I did. I actually got to celebrate. So the thing with my birthdays is I don't like to celebrate it, but then I love to celebrate We're it. We're so extra. Like I said, it was birthday year. We yes. had the entire year lined up with activities. It yes. wasn't birthday month anymore. No. We were like, we are turning 30 and it is birthday <laughs> year. Birthday year to the max. So, but I didn't know what I wanted to do because our big thing was going to happen two weeks after. Um, we were going to go on a girl's trip. We were going to go on a girl's trip two weeks after my birthday, two or three weeks after my birthday. And so I just wanted to do something small for my birthday. Well, I ended up going bowling with my friends and... Um, always fun. Always fun. There's a small group of friends. Uh, you didn't go to that one. I did not. No, you were busy. This because it was last minute. I remember like texting everyone and being like, hey, I'm actually, I'm going to celebrate my birthday. We're going bowling. Like, hey, let's, if you want to go, let's go. Yeah, I think I already had something lined up with family that yeah. weekend and I couldn't get out of it. It was very last minute. You can't just like completely ditch family. <laughs> yeah. So then that's what I ended up doing the Saturday before my birthday. My birthday was on Monday. Monday, I still went to work. I took myself out for lunch by myself. And then after work, I went to uh, Disneyland. I had just bought the pass recently. So it was going to be the year that I went all the time. It was going to be everything. That was the last time I went. And then finally, the week <laughs> after... I got a Costco membership last February. Let's just say Costco didn't happen as much this past year as I thought it would either. Well, I'm not... I, okay, so celebrating my birthday, I ended up also wanting to do something else because you didn't go. So I was like, right. let's do something else. So then we ended up going to a brewery by my house, which was also fun. We do like breweries and we beer do. tastings and wine tastings and you know just living that extra life yes flight tastings because if you're else. gonna drink beer you might as well drink good beer and if you're gonna drink you might as well support local beer exactly and we do that a lot we do we try I mean, again maybe not so much this past year <laughs> <laughs> maybe not okay not, well that's not true we had that virtual 
True. We did do virtual beer tasting this past year. Yeah, we did two of them, right? Yes. Yeah, we did two of them. So that was fun. But well, can, we can talk about that another time. Yeah. Uh, and like in another five minutes when we get down to what we did for my birthday. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we can talk about that now. Yeah. So what we had planned is that between Anna's birthday in March and my birthday in May, we were going to do girls' 30th birthday trip. We had everything lined up, 10 days in Costa Rica. We had all the hotels booked, the car booked. We were going to road trip it around the country. A little bit of a side story. I um, studied the beaches in Costa Rica in school, believe it or not. <laughs> um, so we were going to go drive out and go see, visit, stand on some of the beaches that I studied in school. And, and it was going to be great. And as we started hitting mid-March after Anna's birthday party, we got closer and closer to this departure date. And all of a sudden in the news, there were all these stories about coronavirus and travel being canceled and flights being canceled. And you can no longer travel to Italy. And that turned into you can no longer travel to Europe. And we were determined that no matter what, determined that no matter what, we were (laughs) going to make it to Costa Rica. Like, I had a plan. I was like, I'm going to take my laptop with me, and if I end up having to work from Costa Rica for the rest of my life, we're working from Costa Rica. <laughs> Which is fine, because she totally can support me. <laughs> I'd just be living the life over there in Costa Rica, but, yeah. you know, she could work. We, w- we would have made it happen, right? So yeah. our departure date was March 20th, 2020, right? Yeah. Costa Rica closed their borders on the 17th. Three days beforehand. Three days. Yeah. And let me tell you, we were devastated. Devastated. And it was well and truly like, you know, 10 days into everybody in the entire world trying to cancel their trips. So there was like no way to cancel the trip at that point. Yes. That was, that was an adventure all in its own, trying to figure all that out. Trying to figure out how to cancel it, because we're cheapskates. Our trip was non-refundable. We were like, we're going to go if we're dying. And exactly. then when coronavirus happened, we're like, we're really going to go even if we're dying. Exactly. So, but then Costa Rica didn't want us. Costa Rica didn't want us. They closed their borders. They were like, Americans have coronavirus, and their country barely had any. They had like nine cases at the time. It was something ridiculously small. And they closed their borders three days before we were supposed to make it. Yep. It was awful. It felt awful. So we spent, you know, the next three days frantically trying to cancel everything. Some of the hotels we couldn't get refunds on. Some of the flights got pushed to October because they were non-refundable. So instead of vouchers, they were like, you can move it six months out because, you know, coronavirus, it's going to be over by October. Yeah. No problem. Yep. And then that wasn't a great for us either because October's the rainy season, like like literal tropical thunderstorms in October. And we're like, there's a reason we had this vacation trip for, for planned March. for March. Yeah. Like, who wants to go in October? I mean, at this point, I would have gone in October happily. But as it yes. turns out, Americans still couldn't go to Costa Rica in October. We couldn't. We still couldn't. Yeah. So, so we were having the hardest time, hardest time canceling. In fact, we ended up calling the Canadian hotline for one of the airlines. Oh, yes. And we got our vouchers <laughs> in Canadian dollars instead of U.S. dollars, which was a pain in the butt when we had to rebook the flight later. 
Yeah. And, um, that was because, <laughs> because the U.S. hotline was like, nope, they're booked, they're busy, they're closed, don't call them. Yeah, that was me, right? That I'm the one that you. called. You guys. I was doing it at work. I was on hold at work. Sorry, work. <laughs> and I was on hold forever. And then they finally did that. And then they were like, oh, it's this much. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's in Canadian. And I was like, I was confused. I don't know how much Canadian money is versus American money. It's it's worth less than American money. So our flight that was worth like $100 US for the first leg of the flight uh, turned into something like 160 Canadian dollars. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. It was more than more than a hundred something, right? Yeah, for sure, it was more than you expected. It was just the first leg of the flight. It was the easiest leg, so it was the the least amount of money. Um. So my birthday happened second. I turned thirty in May. Yay! Yay. <laughs> and by May, the whole state, especially where we are in California, was firmly on social distancing, everything's locked down, no going anywhere, no doing anything fun, no gatherings of more than like six people at a time. So it's, and I usually, my birthday weekend usually falls right on Memorial Day weekend. And last year it was perfectly fell there. My birthday was the Friday night of Memorial Day weekend. So I always get like the extra long weekend too. And a a lot of times, most years, I try to go camping for my birthday weekend because I get that extra three-day weekend. Um, But that didn't happen because my favorite campgrounds, the state parks, the national parks in the area, those were all closed, no camping allowed. Not even if you had a party of less than six people. (laughs) So instead of doing one big 30th birthday party, like I might have, it kind of turned into... Three little socially distant events where instead of, you know, getting all all 18 of the people that I know in one room at one time, it was like, you know, three little three little get-togethers, a couple people each yes. instead of a party. So here with Anna, what we did for my birthday um, is we did one of those virtual beer tastings. We had it all lined up. It, was the, it wasn't the Friday night, which was my birthday. It was the Saturday night. They shipped us each a box of 10 beers. Um, and we got to follow along with a video and taste test all of the beers here in our own home. Yes. Um, I, I remember uh, turning the beers into a 30 because, you know, I love photo ops. So I lined up all my beers. In we 30. took all the cans. <laughs> took all the cans. Made a big 30 across the table. <laughs> took pictures with it because I didn't care. I still wanted to celebrate 30 forever and at least as much as I could. So not only that, but I had cupcakes made into yes. the shape of 30. So We did have birthday cupcakes, which was good on social distancing. Nobody has to touch anybody else's cake. Yeah. Um, but the, the virtual beer festivals are, were, lot, I mean, the beer was great. A lot of them came. We had 10 beers to try, and a lot of them came with a 16-ounce can, a full pint. So... By the time we got through our 10 beers, we were maybe a little past tipsy because that was a lot of beer. It was. It really was. We did we did not need to each buy our own set. We didn't know it at the time. We did not know it at the time. When we did our second virtual beer tasting later in the year for Oktoberfest, we ended up sharing a box. Yeah. Because... There was four of us. 
Yes. And we each got, up. each pair got a yeah. box. Two boxes for four people was yeah. a lot more appropriate than one box each. Just saying. Mm-hmm. So I did a second little socially distant birthday party um, with some brewery friends of mine that I meet up with every Tuesday for trivia. Um, one of one of those friends has a nice backyard. We kind of met outside in the outdoor air to try to be meeting the coronavirus social distancing. We had some cake. We sat and chatted from, you know, six feet away from each other. And it was for most of us at that little socially distanced event, it was like the first time that that us, our, this group of brewery friends, had um, seen each other since coronavirus had started. We hadn't gotten together at this point in a solid two months. And then the last little socially distant birthday event that I had last year for turning 30 was, uh, was a family dinner. You know, nothing, nothing big. It was at my dad's house, so my dad, my stepmom, and I've got two little half-sisters. We were all there. Yeah. It was just low-key dinner, cake, hanging out, trying to get a little bit of 30th birthday joy into the year, even though coronavirus was in full swing at that point. And that is basically how we turned 30 last year. That is... Yeah. That is the story of turning 30. Everything that we had planned, everything that kind of got sidetracked and went askew as we uh, tried to figure out how a socially distant 30th birthday year was going to work. We are still planning on going to Costa Rica. We may or may not make that happen this March if we are lucky and if the borders don't close again. I hope not. I mean, I borders, <laughs> borders are still closed between here and Europe. Borders are closed between here and Brazil. Borders are closed between here and South Africa. I mean, we've been very lucky that that the United States has not specifically prohibited Costa Rica at any point this past year. It was the opposite. Costa Rica didn't want us. I don't blame them. <laughs> I don't blame them. And that is the end of our first segment of our first podcast. Yay. So, yay. Thank you for listening. We're going to go into our second segment now. So, the second segment we call Guilty Pleasures. Guilty Pleasures. Yes. And this, the idea behind this segment is we talk about whatever comes to mind that made us, like, happy this this previous week or this previous period in time. Um, like, what, what do we like? Is it a current pop trend? Is it a current... TikTok video? Is it a current song, a current book, a food? Are we doing self-care? Are we shopping? Like, Is it a beauty product? What are we doing? What are we doing in our lives that make us happy? What's our guilty pleasure of the week? So right now, since we're still kind of talking about turning 30 and coronavirus, we're going to... Yeah, so we're actually going to talk about our guilty pleasures during quarantine things that we've done to sort of pass the time. So I actually got furloughed from my job. So I ended up being at home and um, that kind of sucked because not only did I not go to Costa Rica, but in that same week, I pretty much got furloughed. So that sucked. Um, But anyways, I made the best of it. I ended up 
ordering like five puzzles and my family are big on puzzles my family is really big on them and we used to do them a lot when I was younger um, but I was like what better time than to bring these back so my family and I did about I want to say maybe 10 puzzles we did a bunch we did so many I got all puzzled out what kind of puzzles do you lean towards I mean I bought a puzzle last year because I feel like everybody bought a puzzle last year at one point yes. but I bought like a, a Disney villains puzzle because I was like what do I want to do a puzzle on let's do a puzzle on Disney so I definitely catered to what my mom wanted and she's big on landscapes so we did landscapes the only thing that I bought from myself was a big sunflower field, which I was like, this is gonna be so easy. No, it was really hard. It was so hard. Um, I still think two pieces are wrong, but whatever, we won't talk <laughs> about that. They fit, so that's all that matters. Um, but I think the best one that my mom really loved was for Mother's Day. It came a little bit late, but for Mother's Day, I ordered a puzzle and it was a family puzzle. So it was one of those pictures that you turn into a puzzle and it was of um, my whole family. So it was a family portrait and my mom loved it. She currently has it hanging in the living room. And um, yeah, she really, really enjoyed that gift. I think I outdid myself that year. That yeah. is a really nice gift. Yes. And other than that, um, my other little guilty pleasure was really learning to cook my mom's dishes. Um, so all the, all the weeks we would come up with dishes that, you know, all the family recipes, all the family recipes. Yeah, we were, um, I was learning them. So I hate cooking, honestly, probably more than any Mexican should, <laughs> but I, I was determined to learn some of my mom's recipes. And so we cooked a bunch of stuff that I had never really cooked before. Did at you learn all. how to make the pozole? No, I did not because that wasn't the pozole season. Uh, I mean, I know it's not the pozole season, but that's I the know. recipe that I want you to steal for me. So uh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> that's definitely coming up um, soon. It'll 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 happen. I just have to uh, I just have to get back to that season because this December I I didn't cook. Uh, that was all my mom, and I'm very thankful for her. <laughs> but um, I did. I would. I had my little notebook and I would write, you know, her um, ingredients and I would write what steps she would take. The hardest part, Melissa, was seriously the measurements. My mom was like a sprinkle of this and a handful oh, of that. Seriously. And and as much as you want to My this, mom will just like pour stuff into the palm of her hand and then dump it into a bowl. And I'm yes. like, what exactly was that? How much is that? Your palm is different than my palm and like your little sprinkle is bigger than mine. And she's like, well, you just have to go along with it and see what works. And I was like, I need an actual recipe where yeah, I'm way, like, way too OCD for that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm one of those people who has a child. I like measured out two cups of water specifically for ramen noodles because the recipe on the back said you had to use two cups of water. And oh I was gosh. like, if you don't use two cups of water, it's going to die. Like, I don't know what I thought was going to happen to ramen. Because as <laughs> far as funny. I could tell, you could literally set ramen on fire and it would still be edible. I'm not that crazy OCD. I'm but... not anymore, but I lean towards it. <laughs> I definitely lean I towards def it. <laughs> but I definitely need some guidance. Like, give me some guidance. Tell me how much. It doesn't have to be specific. I'm not that particular. 
but more than even if it's just to add it slowly until it looks like this or yes yes but my mom didn't and one other thing is my mom we're mexican my mom doesn't know how to cook for like one or two people you know oh seriously um my mom cooks for For like a family yes (laughs) yes for 50 every time i mean i know you were gonna say for a family but but, no but no she cooks for like an army (laughs) yes she does and so so like it's ridiculous because i can't cook those proportions at my house like why would i need that much food and so if she's cooking with you know a teaspoon of something then i know you know right. to not then put you as need much a, or whatever you need a sprinkle yeah i need a tiny sprinkle but if she's doing like a handful of this i don't know how much to not to put and not to put and everything like i can't minimize it like it's really hard so what's the best thing that you learned how to cook last year what's the best thing i learned how to cook um i think oh my gosh that's so hard because like i it was I we basically made like all of my favorite dishes so we made I I mean I I told her to start with those obviously I mean we even made LA hot dogs like it was ridiculous whatever we wanted we made like there was no limit to what we would make yeah because the only thing to do in the first several months of quarantine was to eat yeah well let me tell you quarantine 15 right quarantine 15 turned into quarantine 50 I'm just saying was not fun i don't know i can't pick a dish it was it was ridiculously good everything that we made um i'm surprised even that i i even did that it brought me closer to my mom for sure so unlike anna i live alone (laughs) and it was hard the first couple of months of quarantine it really really was because that normal social life of like, I go and see these people on Tuesdays and I go and see these people on Fridays and I go and see these people on Sundays and I have family dinner on Saturday nights. Like all of that, all of a sudden stopped. Yeah. And I was like sitting in my little teeny condo, like twiddling my thumbs and trying to figure out what you do with your life when there's nobody to talk to for three months straight. So what really was my guilty pleasure in the beginning of quarantine, what, what kept me what kept me, um, you know, sane was, uh, like zoom socializing, zoom, zoom socializing as, as much as we make fun of zoom and quarantine, like I was using zoom all over. So I'm part of a regular, like I mentioned the last segment, I'm part of a regular like brewery group of friends and we meet up every Tuesday at a brewery or we used to meet up every Tuesday at a brewery, um, for trivia night. We were a trivia team. Very competitive, a fairly fun group. Like there were, you know, six people on our team, but in the room of people who were regulars and came to trivia every week, there were like maybe 50 people that I knew that I saw every Tuesday and hung out with, really enjoyed spending time with. Um, and all of a sudden that stopped. In fact, the, uh, the, stay-at-home order came out the day before St. Patrick's Day because they were trying to keep people from going out and partying St. Patrick's Day. Oh, I don't remember that. So that that Tuesday, that Tuesday when social distancing came into place, March 17th, Mm -hmm. that was St. Patrick's Day. And that was the first day that we didn't get to hang out at the brewery. And we had plans. There was going to be like a costume contest and such. I mean, it was a brewery for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that sounds fun. So we started 
picking it up, um, the guy who hosted trivia at the brewery was like, let's, let's switch trivia over to Zoom. Um, and it, there was definitely some kinks we had to work out of, in the beginning, we couldn't figure out how to talk to each other and use Zoom at the same time because we had no skills. So every team of like, you know, five or six people that used to be on a trivia team turned into individuals playing trivia. Everybody was kind of competing individually. But that was what kept me staying in the early days of COVID was we were still keeping up that trivia night every Tuesday. In fact, we still are keeping up that trivia night every Tuesday. We have not yet missed one Tuesday Yeah, since last March. Yeah, you're really into trivia. You actually are doing family trivia as well, right? We are doing family trivia. Um, uh, a couple months ago, I mean, not at the beginning of the year, but in in like, November, when family started talking about the idea that Thanksgiving was not going to happen as a family, we decided to do um, a family Zoom night, and that while we were doing a family Zoom night, along with just, you know, hanging out and chatting with one another, we could also um, play a little bit of trivia, because that, at that point, is what I, we were, I was really used to doing for uh, on Zoom, I guess. So now... Uh, twice a month, we do play family trivia. It's a lot harder, I will say, because you have to come up with questions that everybody from, like, you know, my 26-year-old uh, sister who's really, really into, like, you know, emo rock music and pop culture uh, and my 75-year-old grandmother who's really into <laughs> Americana music from the 1950s and knows nothing about pop culture, though I will say she does really enjoy British streaming services. She likes watching, like, you know, Downton Abbey. I should get her oh, on nice. Bridgerton. Yeah, you should. You should. That's a good show. Um, so you have to find trivia that everybody in your family around, you know, 50 years of age gap can all, can all uh, participate in. So we've been doing a lot of cooking trivia, a lot of like, you know, geography, sciences, history, things that hypothetically haven't changed. Though my grandmother would like to point out that geography has changed since she was in school. <laughs> and that when she answers a country that's no longer a country, she should still get the point. I'm on her side. I definitely think she should, she should get the point. Point for know. grandma. It seems like she should also be aware if a country has completely ceased to exist. I mean, but does she really... Like, that was her current event, like, her current time. Right, right. And she was learning that stuff. I'm just saying. So it's been a lot of fun. We've switched off which family member gets to be the host of trivia. So it's really fun to see, like, my grandmother figure out how to use Zoom and how to use PowerPoint to host it herself. Like, she put a lot of time and effort into into getting it all together. Yeah. Um, and those are our guilty pleasures of the week. Or yes. I guess not of the week. This because one's this one the of year. the year. Yeah, this how, guilty how did we get through the beginning of quarantine? Yeah. And that brings us into our third segment for the show. So for our third segment, we're calling this segment Born <laughs> in the 90s. Yes. Because we are both 1990 babies. And I understand that a lot of people who might be listening to this in their 30s are older than us and are therefore born in the 80s. Yes. But we're overriding you. You're yeah. overruled. <laughs> Because we turned 30 during a pandemic, so you know what? We win. We win. So You enjoyed your 30. <laughs> Hopefully. 
Hopefully. Hopefully. But we were born in the 90s. and since We're born in the 90s. So this segment's going to be all about nostalgia. What do we yeah. remember? What do we like from when we were kids? What makes, what do we look back on fondly? Um, so because this whole episode was kind of about quarantine and COVID, though very tangentially, it was mostly about us. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes, let's uh. be honest. <laughs> But because it was kind of a quarantine, the pandemic, the end of the world kind of scenarios, like, did anybody really expect this to be the apocalypse that would actually occur? So we're going to talk about previous apocalypses, other apocalypses that we remember, nostalgic (laughs) apocalypses that we can look back on fondly now. Yes. Should Should we start with mine? So I remember y2k i mean i was nine going into 10 but i still remember um it being a huge deal uh, i don't know what you remember from it and a everything huge deal my mom was so into technology and so yeah. into the internet and this whole idea that technology and the internet were gonna like break yeah and that all computers would cease to work and like i don't know the world was gonna stop turning what exactly was gonna happen yeah, so it was a millennial bug, a Y2K bug that has so many names to it. Um, the computers that they were, you know, starting in the 60s, the 80s, they were um, setting the dates in two digits instead of four digits because, you know, four digits took up more space and, and it was expensive and more processing back then, power. and more processing power. And they didn't have any processing yes. power. So they stuck with the last two years or last two digits of the year. So um in 99 it was going to go to zero zero and everyone thought that because of that it was going to revert back to the 1900 instead of the 2000 the computers weren't going to be able to to figure it out figure it out and they were to compensate exactly so they were just freaking out about this there was going to be a big glitch and everything was going to stop working and how do we live without the internet? Yes, exactly. And it was still so new and still everything. So, I mean, I understand where it was coming from. And I didn't I didn't understand the capacity of all of this. But I just remember I have vivid memories of going to, like, Costco and stocking up on water and toilet paper and stocking up on all the necessities. I remember we got, like, a big bag of beans, like a, you know, a big a big, like a 50-pound bag yeah, of beans. Yeah, like a big 50-pound <laughs> bag of beans. And then we never go to Sam's Club. I like, I don't have any memories of Sam's Club. I'm a Costco person, and I remember we actually had to go to Sam's Club with somebody that had a Sam's Club membership to get waters because they had run out of Costco. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. I can't even... Um, remember everything that was going on, of course, because I was nine... But I do remember even my... I'm pretty sure I had a babysitter because my parents were like, we're going to go party like it's 1999. (laughs) And they were out. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's it's different because, you know, I grew up with Mexican parents and, and they weren't very into like technology and any of that they were just getting all their news from the news and what was happening and so to them it was very real and it was very um serious serious and they just didn't know they didn't understand and um you know so they took that and i took that and and i was freaking out i don't know why i was freaking out but i just remember freaking out like oh shoot i'm not even gonna make it to 10 like (laughs) the world is gonna end and i'm barely nine it was ridiculous such ridiculous times yes 
but I don't know. What do you remember about it? I like I said, I don't really remember anything from Y2K. It wasn't really a big a big defining moment in my life. Um, my parents, like I said, were, they were super into technology. Uh, very early Apple Mac users no, on the yeah. Apple Mac bandwagon. They went to MacWorld every year and everything. No. For, the, for the new releases you know we did have a computer i had a windows 96 actually i remember it was the best thing in the world it belonged to my sister and i would play on it so i think that's why we were freaked out in my house is because i think we actually you know we owned a computer and we were like shoot this thing is gonna so like i explode. knew it was a thing but but i guess my parents never really played it up and like i said i honestly believe that new year's eve 1999 we had a babysitter, my brother and I. Like my parents were like, we're out. They weren't gonna. Par- they weren't gonna party with us. But again, my parents are are younger than your parents. Yes. I'm the oldest child, and Anna's the youngest child. So yes. there's an age difference between the parents involved. Exactly. Um, but no, for me, when I think of previous apocalypses or apocalyptic times before now, I think of 2012 and the Mayan <laughs> calendar. The that whole, was a good one too. We the were whole, older. The whole the Mayan calendar is going to end. It's it's counted the past like you know five thousand one hundred and twenty six years, and then it all of a sudden stops on uh, December twenty first two thousand twelve, and that that was going to cause like a big. They thought it was going to be like some kind of astronomical apocalypse, like planets were going to align or an, or, <laughs> yeah. or a comet was going to come by or a planet was going to collide with ours. Like it was going to be this big astronomical event because it was an astronomical calendar that they thought it was line, leading up to this big astronomical event that was going to cause the world to end. And to be fair, in July of 2012, there was this huge solar storm that almost hit Earth. That could have been catastrophic. So that freaked people out because they were already looking for astronomical catastrophes. And then there was this solar storm. But I was in 2012, I was in college. Um, I was up at school up in up at UC Berkeley. And um, Berkeley's got its fair share of crazy people, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. So what I remember about 2012, about that a particular apocalypse is that I would walk through Sproul Plaza every day, the main plaza on campus, and there was this guy, like this old man, you know, like like crazy prophet man with the long hair and the long beard who would like stand there and like, you know, like the white, like <laughs> linen, like I, I want to call it like a shirt dress, but it wasn't, a, you know, robes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I can imagine that. He was there with like a sign for the whole semester, like the world is going to end 12, 21, 12. And like, you know, have you found God? Have you made amends? Are you ready? And he was there every day. And me and my friends at the time, we would walk and we would joke, like, what's going to happen to that poor guy on like the 22nd when the world didn't end? Like, what's he going to do with his life? (laughs) Do you remember? I don't know if you remember this, but um, they would make fun of when it didn't happen. They made fun of like, oh, we read the Mayan calendar wrong. What if it was 2021? Yes. (laughs) Because it was 12, 21, 12. And they yes. were like, well, what if it was 12, 21, 21? Yes. So just uh, looking out to you guys out there in the audience, the world could still end the <laughs> end of this year. You know, it hasn't happened yet. You never know. Yeah. I remember not, 
I mean, I didn't take 2012 as seriously as I probably maybe should have. I don't know. I just didn't. But I remember, like, just being at work. I was working and um, when it was happening, and I was like, we should have an end-of-the-world potluck. So, <laughs> like, I mean, go out with the bang, right? Literally with the bang. I don't know. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I just, I, I mean, I was like, this happened in Y2K, nothing happened like do you really think that this is going to happen in 2012 like is it really i don't know i just i remember not taking it seriously at all so the question is what do you guys remember about y2k the mayan end of the world or you know what are your other favorite apocalyptic uh theories or dates in time feel free to tell us um, you can find us on our Instagram or you can email us at the dirty on 30 at gmail.com. Yes. Or Instagram at the dirty on 30. And that I believe is just about the end of our first episode. episode. Thank yes. you for listening. We're super excited to be here. So um, excited. So excited. Can you tell, can you tell in my voice how excited I am? I can tell in your voice how excited you are. <laughs> I am. I'm like a little girl. I'm, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This was fun. This was fun. So much fun. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying our podcast, please like and subscribe. We release a new episode every Tuesday. For bonus features, videos, extra content, and to keep us ad-free, please support us on Patreon. For throwback photos and a sneak peek behind the scenes, follow us on Instagram at thedirtyon30. And if you have any recommendations for our Guilty Pleasures or Born in the 90s segments, shoot us an email at thedirtyon30 at gmail.com. Stay safe. We'll We'll see see you next week. week.